Hello and welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, the All-Star Race at Texas. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Top 5. I'm your host, Connor, and this week I'm going to be discussing my top 5 takeaways from the All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway. Before we get started... If you could take a moment to check me out on patreon.com forward slash the top five. Also at facebook.com forward slash the top five. Jump on and let me know your thoughts about any of my takeaways from the race. Feel free to agree or disagree. Let's just have a fun conversation about NASCAR. So let's get right into this week's episode. Number one. First and foremost, Texas is not the track to host an all-star race. Texas is barely a track to host a regular season race. It is absolutely the most boring track on the circuit by far, and it's not even close. From what I understand, and this is hearsay, but uh, Speedway Motorsports, which owns Texas and Coda and Bristol and uh, pretty much half the tracks in nascar had to give up one of their dates to get a a race at coda and they agreed to do so to get the all-star race i think through 2025 i got into a uh discussion on a facebook group about that because i looked on the events the person said that uh the race was at texas again next year and i disagreed because I couldn't see anything on their website about it, but then they pointed out that if you go to the renewals, you'll see that you can re- renew your tickets for next year's All-Star Race. Huge bummer. The um, qualifying was lame, too. I-, I thought it would be cool when I first heard about it. The idea of the top, was it the top eight, doing a pit stop drag race? in theory sounds awesome the problem is they need to be on the track and come down pit road they can't just start on pit road there was never a close battle even the the final battle where uh bush and um blaney got out of the pits at the same time it was never even close a lot of build up for nothing so i'm super bummed the race was at Texas. It, it makes no sense ge- uh, geogra- <laughs> geography Sorry, either. Uh, it, Texas is nowhere near where these race teams are. I understand that's why they had it in uh, Charlotte for so long, but they had it at Bristol. That's not terribly far. They could have it at Martinsville. That's not terribly far. Hell, they could even go south and go to... Uh, to Miami, that's not as far. Texas is so far. It's such a boring track. Other than that, um, pre-race, having Larry McReynolds in the booth, to me, is always fun. I'm a big fan of Larry Mack, and I don't know if anybody is more excited about mundane things happening on the track than Larry McReynolds. He perks up, and he, he lets out such excitement for such minor things Uh, i love it i get a kick out of it i think he's a great personality his knowledge is beyond uh 
amazing. He's forgotten more about race cars than I'll ever know. So that was great uh, until we got into the actual race, which is my next point. Number two. Something has to be done about these tires. I don't know if it's Goodyear or NASCAR, but it is a major problem. You can't line these guys up at a shop for a million dollars and have them get completely snowballed because the equipment that they're using is failing them. And this isn't a um, this isn't a all-star race thing. This isn't a one-off. You know, a handful of years ago, I remember at Indianapolis back when they ran the actual oval. There was a year where the tires were so bad that they never ran more than 10 consecutive laps without a caution. That was a one-off. That happened one time all season. This has been every single track that's longer than a mile, say. Every track, basically, that's not a short track. Tires is coming into into play. It's a factor, and it's uncontrollable. Teams make mistakes. Guys make mistakes. It happens. But... You know, Kyle Larson blew a tire, went through the infield, destroyed his car. Kyle Busch, that crash was crazy. He blew a tire or had a tire going down, got slow, Ross Chastain couldn't get out of the way and almost flipped himself over. Thankfully, they were all okay. But you just can't have this week to week. And I'm always happy when Kyle Busch is out of a race, but I'd like to see it at least be fair. I think it was pretty clear that Larson, Kyle Busch, or Ross Chastain were going to win that race. They had the three best cars. All three were out of the race by no doing of their own. By Well, Ch- Ross Chastain was kind of by doing of his own. But he did get caught up in a, in a wreck that he had nothing to do with. I, I think NASCAR needs to figure something out and make this right. Or I think that there's going to be major... I, I have to assume at this point of the season, we're halfway through the season, I have to assume that teams are pushing back very quietly and being asked to keep it quiet because NASCAR doesn't want this out in the mainstream media. But I can't imagine that this is going to uh, be kept quiet much longer. Which leads me to my next point. Number three. So overall, other than the Kyle Busch, uh, Ross Chastain wreck, and a handful of cars, uh, Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch losing tires, The race was pretty mundane. As a matter of fact, I thought about taking this week off since NASCAR clearly did by giving us that junk all-star race. But I decided I'd come on anyway. And what happened at the end of that race was insulting. I I was literally insulted. I had to go back and rewatch it because I was so mad when it happened of course i'm talking about the caution that was thrown as blaney was taking the checkered flag i think when nascar made the rule that the race had to end 
uh, with the checkered flag. It couldn't end on the white flag lap. I think when they made that rule, they decided at that time, we're throwing a caution on either the second to last or last lap. I, I picture the people in the control booth just desperately searching the track for the tiniest piece of debris or a car that may, might be a little bit of... Because the way that they did that was clearly planned. And I don't think it was planned as a means to help someone. I've seen a lot of people complaining that NASCAR wanted uh, Hamlin to win or they wanted a Toyota to win. And I don't think that was the case, in my opinion. I think they just wanted to have a green-white checkered. I think they knew that Texas is a boring track. The racing is pretty crummy. And the only way to have an exciting finish is to have a restart, a green-white checkered restart. Because when, gosh, I don't remember who it was now, the 47 car uh, hit the wall. They were, they, if you watch it back, and I would, I would encourage you to, the flag man doesn't put down the checkered flag and reach for the caution flag. He had both in his hand. He knew that he was going to throw that caution flag. And again, the intent was to have a crazy finish to the race or an exciting close finish to the race. But boy, did it backfire. There isn't a single person that doesn't see through that mess. Even Hamlin fans are going, yeah, that that was pretty boo-boo. You can't build drama. You can't force drama in any sport. If it doesn't happen naturally, it doesn't count. And NASCAR trying to do so, again, I get trying to make things happen, but don't insult my intelligence by acting like, oh, well, we have to throw a caution now. That was absolute trash. And something major happened on that, but I want to give that a whole different uh, segment. So on to point number four. Number four. So Blaney wins the race, does what any driver would do when they win the race. They get excited, they drop their window net, they start pumping their fist, and then afterwards was informed that he the race was actually yellow. Because he had gone under the flagman with the checkered waving, and it was switched out as he was going under. So the fact that he had his window net down was perfectly normal and acceptable. What was not perfectly normal and acceptable was NASCAR throwing that caution flag. That was despicable. So in my opinion, and it just so happens I'm right, NASCAR should have let Blaney go down pit road, have his team reattach his window net, and then resume from the same position he was in. As a matter of fact, they should have forced him to go down pit road, have his window net reattached, and then come out in the same position. NASCAR preaches driver safety, yet they let a driver finish the last two laps of the race basically with his window net down or holding it up with his hand. That's like 
a double embarrassment. It's an embarrassment that they even threw that caution. And it's even more embarrassing that they let a driver take a victory in a risky uh, circumstance. And thank God he did win. I would be beyond livid had anyone but Blaney won that race. And I'm not a huge Blaney fan. I, I don't dislike Blaney. He's, I think he's a great driver. He's a good guy. He's just not my guy. But that victory was his. And it was almost taken away by NASCAR throwing a boo-boo penalty or a boo-boo caution flag and then not being able to get his window net up. That would have been one of the biggest eggs on NASCAR's face. Uh, a writer had said, if NASCAR, NASCAR's all-star race has been dying for years, and that basically was the last plug. That was last straw. That That put it under. They're going to have to make major, major revamps to this, especially if it's going to stay at Texas to make it worth uh, worth tuning in for. It was not only the lowest rated race all year long, it was the lowest rated all-star race in the history of the all-star race. And I'm pretty sure the first handful of races, the one hot night, which was the beginning of the NASCAR race, was only broadcast locally. And that outrated a national broadcast. Putting it on Sunday night was kind of odd too, but Sunday night does get a lot of eyes on on TVs. Be honest, if you're listening to this, you, you were at home on Sunday night. You may have not been watching the race, but you were watching something. And the great Bob Packus, who is hands down the best nascar reporter there is not to put down anyone else but he always seems to be in the right spot he has the respect and trust of the drivers he's fair and honest and drivers tell him things but anyway i'll i'll stop my bob packus rant to get to the point bob packus got hamlin after the race and hamlin said they should have black flagged blaney for his window net Oh, Hamlin, that that is one of the worst cases of needing to shut the bleep up that I've ever, ever witnessed. I was embarrassed for Hamlin watching that. There's one answer to that question and one answer only. NASCAR never should have thrown the flag. Yeah, but Denny, what about the window net? NASCAR never should have thrown that flag, that caution. Yeah, but should he have been? NASCAR never should have thrown that that caution. That's it. That's the only answer. There's no... No conversation to be had beyond that. Hamlin really put his foot in his mouth by saying that. And he was, I'll give I'll give Hamlin this. He was fair. He said, hey, if I was in Blaney's position, I would have done the same thing. And I do think that Hamlin's overall point was the safety aspect of it. But still, you can't you can't say that. If anything maybe say they should have had his team put the safety net up and then allowed him back in the same position or something like that. But I was really taken aback by by that, by what Hamlin said. So overall, major takeaways is Texas stinks. The format for qualifying stinks. The all-star race stinks. The ending stunk. 
and Hamlin sounded dumb. Those are my four takeaways of, of the race so far. In closing, my last point, let's look forward to some good racing. Number five. Looking ahead, next up, the Coca-Cola 600, which is one of my favorite races of the year. I think if you listen to all of my episodes, you would hear me say that quite a bit. Admittedly, I'm just a, a huge fan. Um, but I do, I love the Coca-Cola 600. I love it on Memorial Day weekend. I love traditions. There's something about Sunday night Memorial Day weekend, sitting back, having a few sodas, watching the race, barbecuing. I personally am going to be camping, so I'm going to put the barbecue on, have a bonfire, have our TV outside with the race on, enjoying time with my family. I can't wait. Now, it is... It can get boring, this race being length of of it. And I do think it's a little ridiculous that they do uh, four stages. I understand it's the longest race of the year, but if you're going to do three stages for every race, do three stages for every race. But it's kind of nitpicky. Also, I get teary-eyed with the patriotism. I love how patriotic our sport is. I love how patriotic this race is. The drivers put fallen soldiers' names on their cars instead of their own, which is which is great. I mean, it's the reason that we're we're watching. It's the reason that we're there. It's to celebrate them and the amazing things that they did and the ultimate sacrifice that they have given, so that we have the freedom to enjoy our campsite and our sodas and our barbecue. Um. They stop between stages to salute the soldiers. I'll tell you, somebody, somebody's going to be cutting onions around me, if you know what I mean. So God bless them. I'm happy they do that. Prediction time. I am going to, to predict that Tyler Reddick gets his first win in the Coca-Cola 600. This event has seen many first-time winners or surprise winners. Uh, and I think Tyler Reddick has just been up front and racing good all year. And I think he's due, he's hungry. And I think you're going to see him get a ring. Biggest heartbreak I've ever had in this race was when, uh, junior was leading on the last lap and ran out of gas. Oh, I watched that highlight now and I still get upset, but regardless, I'm excited to watch it. And I'm excited to talk about it with you next week. So thanks for tuning in. Before you go, please take a minute to subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the top five. Also go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the top five, all spelled out. No number five, actually spell out the word five, T-H-E-T-O-P-F-I-V-E. And thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Let's have a fun conversation to share our thoughts about NASCAR. This has been the Top 5, and I'm Connor.